This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com. This podcast often contains controversial or mature topics. You have been warned. Welcome back to the galaxy's most poorly rated galactic cruise line. And the name of that cruise line is... Bleb's Whale Show. (laughs) A cruise where Bleb takes you out to the galaxy's most uh, remote locations to show you the, the, the breaching of the space whales. But... Uh, unfortunately, in ro- remote locations are also space pirates, <laughs> and uh, he doesn't have a good track record of keeping people um, safe. <laughs> so, safety-wise, the rating is poor, but adventure-wise, the rating is quite high. Yeah, so... So it comes out of, like, 5 out of 10, saw whales and pirates... Um, still locked up, please send help. <laughs> still locked up, might be bleeding, unsure, out of phase. Have space scurvy, <laughs> send space lemons. <laughs> it's pretty though. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful at night. Also, my teeth are falling out. Welcome back everybody to Ray Gun Readers episode 13 little bit of news before we get started. Uh, All of the episodes are on Vidme now. Yay! We are fully, the backlog is caught up there, so to all our Vidme listeners, uh, it will no longer be an episode every couple days. It'll have to be uh, the same weekly schedule as YouTube, but thank you for, um, thank you for following. Thank you for staying with us. Very excited to have an audience on there too. Today we are going to revisit the Rebirth Saga which I'm going to call it that until Binary Algorithm gives me the official title. But um, that's what I'm calling it. We did parts one through three a couple episodes ago, and we love the story so much that we're going to continue with it. So this is going to be probably parts four through six, seeing how much time we have. Unless we decide to go to sleep. Yes, it is 9.30 at night here. It's time to record. How can you tell the time out here? The sun goes down every 40 hours. It's relative. I have my galactic positioning system. It tells me the time. See what I did there? See, see what I did there? Are, are you, um, is your atomic clock accurate? <laughs> atomic? We or use... have you been traveling relativistically? Uh, both. <laughs> That's impossible. Isn't GPS relativistic? Because. Right. Yeah. So they have to account for the changes. So their clocks change on satellite. But they're still powered by atoms. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going nowhere. <laughs> okay, whatever. I can't back up that science. No, no. I have no idea what you're talking about. What are satellites? Oh, all right. Chapter four of the Rebirth Saga by Binary Algorithm. This one is titled Purpose. I'll read the second paragraph. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh, um, I suppose we should kind of do a recap, actually. So, um, do go listen to... So, man has Alzheimer's, man goes to sleep, man wakes up in a world where things are weird, man finds out he's no longer real, only in VR. Correct. 
Do go listen to... It was Alzheimer's, right? The first, Yeah, it was Alzheimer's. Do go listen to the previous episode that has chapters one through three. But yeah, basically a man wakes up and his brain's been transplanted and his Also, he's talking healing. to a Cylon and the Cylon... Um, Not explicitly a knows Cylon. ...knows who he is or from analyzing his brain meat. Yeah. Um, and the last we left off, she was going to show him something. He was. She was going to show him the world... Because the, a virtual reality. And now most humans are actually in this virtual reality, I believe. Or they're mutants. Or they're mutants or they're technicians working on it because the singularity also happened. So a lot. There's a lot in there. Do go listen to the episode so you can get caught up. What I had just been told was taking time to comprehend. Rachel was ever patient as I did so and didn't interrupt my thoughts. It occurred to me that she was in no rush to do anything in particular and perhaps we had all the time in the world metaphorically and perhaps literally speaking. I had trouble imagining a world where most of the inhabitants lacked a physical body and those with it chose not to use it. The concept was completely alien to me, although not necessarily repulsive. Perhaps there was some greater benefit in casting away the physical limitations? Still, it wasn't a decision I imagine one could make lightly. I had often imagined my frail body being slowly replaced by cybernetics, but I would still be operating in familiar territory, real life. My first instinct was to refer to the familiar reality as real and call the virtual worlds that now existed simulation, but having now seen the evolution of VR, the lines were starting to blur. For that matter, how could one be sure that the real reality was in itself some kind of simulation? An age-old conundrum with no answer. Perhaps synthetic life was to, was to simulation as biological life was to base reality, and there isn't a significant difference from the point of view of the conscious being. I suddenly wished I had researched more philosophy and metaphysics, but just as quickly realized it wouldn't have solved the problem. It was more about perspective, about how one chose to view the universe than anything absolute. Maybe what mattered most was the kind of experience you were having and not where you happened to have it. That... It is strangely comforting how that was all worded because anyone who's seen the Matrix has gone through this in their head. What is really reality? And it the, kind of, the allegory of the cave. Yeah, right? it kind of just the way the author did this or kind of worded it is just, I don't know, I found that very comforting and a very nice little concise statement. I had to adjust some of my assumptions. Is there still a concept of worker jobs? You said society was post-scarcity. What do people do with their time? Post-scarcity, by the way, I'm sure everyone knows, but for those who don't, um, means resources are no longer scarce. I I think that's the definition of scarcity. So thank you for that. Thank you for not letting me finish my sentence. As usual, you assume every pause is the end of a sentence. You do not read that, inflection. It pisses me of off. Pauses. No, a comma is a pause. Okay, what? What? So post scarcity means that resources are no longer in competition. There's imagine Star Trek. You know, replicators exist. Anything you want can be made. Therefore, no one wants for anything. That's it. Yeah, that's it. I, I, I'm still waiting. Energy does not. Um, I again, think that no was more... all implied by the phrase post-scarcity in a sci-fi novel where he lives cool, in Cool, not everyone knows that. Rachel appeared to ponder this for a moment, although I was sure that was for my benefit as probably both the question and its answer were known in advance. Work exists as long as there are things Wait, to learn about. Wait, if she's a computer, does she have to ponder? Like, she can still, even if she's thinking of how to word it to him, mm-hmm. it would be microseconds, less than microseconds, maybe... 
well, to, kinda, to solve that particular issue. I mean, we are we we don't have a definite benchmark as to how advanced this computer simulation is. Want to answer your phone? Mm-hmm. You, you want you want to answer your phone in the middle of this thought provoking no, discussion? No, it's not my phone. It's my tricorder. Communications comms. It's my comms. Methane. <laughs> Atmosphere toxic. <laughs> Please leave. Um, yeah, we don't really have a benchmark for how advanced this computer is. Maybe it does need time to ponder. I, I don't know. But a good question. Work nice. exists as long as there are things to learn about the universe and VR worlds remain that are not yet written or imagined. Intelligence craves novelty. However, the concept of a fixed job only exists to the degree that someone wishes to structure it that way and is not at all necessary. Most effort is free form and all of it is voluntary. People do what they want since they are released from material concerns. The bulk of the remaining human population is primarily concerned with exploring entertainment in all its forms. Most are VR content creators to some degree. So it's so like the entire world watch, is YouTube. <laughs> they just watch Adam Sandler movies all day, every oh, day. God, no. <laughs> Everyone's a content creator, and they all imitate Adam Sandler. Well, I mean, the people who really ponder stuff, like, that's, like, a cool environment to think about. Because then you have infinite uh, ability to create simulations, which is kind of cool. But then, of course, how accurate are the simulations? Because they're all based on the physical world. And why do they need to be accurate? Never mind. Well, we could assume that some of them weren't. You know, it's like when computers came about and everyone's pushing the VR, envelope. If you live in VR and you everything. just love talking over me. Sorry. No, keep going. If you didn't get my point. My point was if you live you, in, like, you just talked over me just now. Yeah, there. it sucks, doesn't it? My point was just like if you're living in VR and everything is possible and that's it um, and that satisfies everyone, then I guess there's really not much to ponder. Well, it doesn't satisfy everybody. Everyone's constantly creating new things and testing the limits of the VR. It's like with music production. Now that we have programs that let you experiment with music in like countless ways, everyone's pushing the limits of... I mean, that's how we got dubstep. You know, I don't know how I brought this back to dubstep, but basically someone went... dubstep with you. Well, what if you took, you know, the traditional saw wave and just pushed the dynamics to 10 and then we got this in-your-face bass that crawls on your skin wobble synth sound, and it revolutionized electronic music to a degree. You know, that's what experimentation does. So, no, I imagine so in a I place just... where everyone's a VR creator, um, you know, everyone's just pushing what is real, what's what, what, what needs to feel real, what doesn't feel real whatsoever. You know, the possibilities are endless. Well, you're, you're, I think you're still thinking in the realm of entertainment. I'm thinking more like, but that, I guess that's um, what's available to you in VR, right? Is just how, how, how you perceive things, right? Mm-hmm. That's what you said. So what, what, for instance, what would research look like in a, a world of virtual reality? How, how does one, how does one research things? Um, how does one find conclusions? Don't you have software that models experiments? Right, yeah, but like, what would be the point if you no longer live in the physical world? It's still, a digital representation of a simulation would be the same in VR. It would just look and feel real. 
It just be based on what you. I mean, it depends on how good the VR model is. I guess. Well, again, we're assuming not, that you're very, very, very good. And then not only that, like this is all people do. Why not break the rules? What happens when you break the rules? Why not break the rules all the time? And so. Well, that's what she said. They're, they're new things have just not changed the gravitational constant. Yeah, new things have not yet been created or imagined. So that's what most people do with their time. I know, but that's like. That's like it. You can only really change your perception of things. Because yeah. that's the whole point of virtual reality is your perception. Man can never fly because that's against the laws of physics. So let's never try. That'll never happen. That's not what? No, that's the thinking you're doing. Like, oh, no one's going to, you know, why not just break the rules all the time? That's what science and experimentation was and is. It's just people slowly breaking the rules. So in a VR reality, why would that be any different? I, I guess I my point I guess is that you I can't really conceptualize what breaking the rules in VR that's capable of giving you any a number of perceptions would really look like. Well, sure, um, and this is what makes it science fiction because I can't conceptualize that either, and we're only given a glimpse of the idea of what that could look like through this story. But I like how you worded that because that's exactly what's going through my head too. What exactly does that look like? Um, I don't think binary algorithm can phrase it in a way that would satisfy us because it's such a novel concept. I don't know either. But you hear that? To he said you need to phrase it better. <laughs> no. Um, but the way it is phrased is, at least in the story, for the story's sake, it's that, hey, yeah, they're pushing all of this. And we still haven't seen through the character's eyes what that could even look like. Maybe we will. I don't know. The allure of creation is too strong for most to resist. But when one tires of one's oh, own creation, like imagine building your own um, planet, you're god of your own planet. Exactly. Imagine if, you know, Minecraft, but we had the holodeck to build a world in. Yeah, then you're limited by capacity of data post scarcity. Post scarcity. So you literally can run millions and billions of megapixels or whatever mm -hmm. 3d pixels yeah i don't know dude yeah some problems become exponential the allure of creation is too strong for most to resist but when one tires of one's own creations there are plenty of others to look at and types of virtual lives to live scientific pursuits and the building of physical structures including megastructures are the domain of the governing superintelligence system what? Uh, although, we don't get to do science anymore? Although anyone, well, that answers my question. Although anyone may participate in discussion about it, and the system does weigh the opinions of all intelligent entities in the decision process. It is like a direct democracy because everyone can be polled on a major decision. But the system also has veto authority <laughs> to prevent tyranny of the majority or other self-destructive behavior. So, like, imagine you're on a beach, right? And things keep popping up in front of you. Please pull now. Please pull now. <laughs> Humans that are curious often query the system for knowledge, but practically speaking, the scientific and engineering work is done by the purely digital population, because it operates on a much faster timescale. Some were created as part of VR world building, but the majority now come from emergent behavioral algorithms as they are needed or desired. Whoa, 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 wait. Humans are curious. What's a purely digital population? Is that the humans that no longer exist in the yeah. real world, or are these like... Yeah, those that don't have bodies anymore, okay, physical right. bodies. So they operate faster than non-completely digital humans? No, but they're likely more concerned with these types of decisions. I don't know. I think... Right. More likely, not all of them absolutely are. 
There are still remnants of humanity that live in base reality by choice, and they have every material comfort provided to them. But physical bodies are not the way forward. There is an ample space set aside permanently for <laughs> 100 physical million... Physical bodies are so last season. There is ample space set aside permanently for 100 million people as biological human habitants, habitats in various areas, while the bulk of the billion or so remaining that live in VR require almost no room. However, natural reproduction is not favored even among the more naturalist group. So goes the gradual decline of humans in their original physical form. Although the DNA variants of the race known have been restored, which is arguably the most important part. <laughs> huh. So that was a huge block that paragraph. Was a lot of information. A lot to unpack, but um, I think I think everyone gets the idea. Basically, humanity's priorities have shifted entirely. It is to self indulgence. To self indulgence, to artistic and scientific experimentation, and does it all get saved? Well, yeah, it's all even probably persistent. I mean, all of this is visible by everybody, so there's just so there's no privacy. Um, that's a good question. I would assume, because there's no one really intruding on them right now, that there are private spaces set aside. I have this image of somebody who's like a cyborg in a park going, you know. I remember back when people used to go to parks. <laughs> Not anymore. They say I'm so old school now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> crotchety old cyborg in the park feeding pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> kids don't play with pigeons anymore <laughs> probably because all the pigeons are dead yeah well they're gonna die well maybe the super tele intelligence feeds the pigeons to keep them alive mm. yeah maybe uh maybe animal species are thriving now Just on earth a hand comes down from the sky and puts like a big loaf of bread right in front of the cyborg feed the birds <laughs> tuppence a pound <laughs> Arthur felt a sadness for the slow passing of the prototypical human race, which he still identified with, having a physical body and all. Now, I don't know if I would feel the same, because I'm a pretty... Prototypical. Yeah. Okay. I, like, I, I don't know. If, if I woke up in this, obviously there would be shock, but if someone's explained to me, yeah, you know, like, we don't need to pass on genes anymore because all that information's stored and, you know, whatever... I think I'd be okay with it. I'm like, okay, all right. That's the next step in evolution or whatever, what have you. I don't know that I would feel any much sadness. Would you, but how would you choose to live your life? Would you date somebody? Would you become a goldfish? Would you become a god? And would you go to another planet and meet, who was it? Um, what's his face? What's his face? Uh, never mind. Good old... Trying to make an illusion and it fell flat. <laughs> I'd go hang out with the cyborg in the park and keep him company because he's sad. <laughs> so you'd be a, a prototypical human. <laughs> I would, you know, I would look into contacting alien species because that has not been addressed in the story yet. But, exactly, but why would you if you're in VR? Would they be real or would they be in VR? I would look for the, the real non-VR ones. Or I would so, put my but, efforts toward so developing... Would you please let me finish a fucking sentence? God damn it. I would put my efforts towards d developing technology to contact or find alien life. That's what I would do. Yeah, but the super intelligence will do that for you. Have they? You get, they Have they, they? They will weigh your decision, but it's not your decision. That has not been addressed in the yes, story. Yes, it is. They, they literally said that. They said that the super intelligence is looking for alien life? 
uh, all scientific pursuits and the building of physical structures, including megastructures, are the domain of the govern- governing superintelligence system. So if you want, like, a satellite, you have to go through the superintelligence system. Okay, I would do that. How's that different from today anyway? <laughs> Seriously. Good what, luck. What's the difference? Are you going to ask him for a small loan? It's money. It's post-scarcity. There's no currency. I, but I don't think that's a realistic pursuit, is my point. Why? If it's a pursuit that the superintelligence is doing, then whatever. Like Then you don't get to do it. I you get, get in. Your opinion gets weighed. And then I could make simulations within VR in the meantime. This is all experimentable. Right. So uh, Totally make- a word, by the way, experimentable. <laughs> Make simulations to do what exactly? To say, oh, there's clearly life on that planet there? Or just, you know, assuming that the superintelligence is looking for life, just review the constant data they're getting on that, you know? Oh, so you'd be like unpacking SETI data. Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's there's so much. I can tell you, that'll get boring real quick. Well, when you don't fuck and you don't go on dates and you just hang out with the cyborg in the park... You have a lot of time on your hands, so... So you're just going to stare at numbers for, like, 30 years? I don't know, man. I'm a digital brain now. What else do you do? Music? That, too. Okay. Well, that's two things. Where was I? Before you so rudely interrupted me. Perhaps it was inevitable. An unavoidable evolutionary outcome given the superior nature of computationally based life forms. Part of him wanted to make a counter-argument for humanity, demanding that it not go quietly into the night, but he knew it was pointless. What could the real world... What could the real world compare to all of those VR worlds with endless possibilities? What reason had any intelligence to want to be restricted to the human form and and, and its limited capabilities? Had he not many times, on a lesser scale perhaps, wished to replace parts of his failing human body with prosthetics surpassing the default human form? Was this not the natural extension of that desire to escape from mortality in the cage of the human body around the mind? Lots of questions in that last paragraph. Well, yeah, they're rhetorical, though. They are rhetorical. Next chapter, Frailty, Chapter 5. I guess he's going to break down this one in this one. Or the system's going to have faults in it. Mm, I don't know what's going to happen. Probably more questions. He had always felt this way since he could remember. Limited by a bad roll of the genetic dice. He had concluded that his genetics were flawed and he had not, and he was not entirely incorrect. His body had trouble making certain, ne- making certain neurotransmitters resulting in a in all sorts of issues ranging from anxiety to fatigue syndrome. His body, similarly, was racked with immune disorders and never-ending inflammatory responses. Jesus. Headaches of unknown origin, joint pain, digestive problems. Or he was just old. Or or he was just a a complaining old person. He was just old. Not enough to go to urgent care or or the emergency room. But also not enough for doctors to take really take seriously until all his until his health started to rapidly decline. Could a bit of extra medication prevention or research have mitigated all of these all of that disease and pain? 
Would he have been able to do more with his intelligence and knowledge if he hadn't been fighting at every turn with his physical ailments? Medical science took its sweet time despite all of this all of the discoveries he read about in journals and futurism blogs. <laughs> Where was the exponential technology growth he had read about when he needed it? His body and eventually his mind had slowed slowly withered away while doctors discussed experimental treatments with the insurance companies that never quite seemed to materialize. That's some real talk right there. Also, that reminds me of a phrase, progress always comes too slow. Well, progress is not always um, across the board, too. For instance, certain cancers are very well-funded and very treatable, and certain True. cancers aren't. True. So, luck of the, luck of the disease, I guess. Yeah, breast cancer gets ass loads of funding. The NFL will wear shoes for breast cancer. Not Prostate, that, not that much. Yeah, not that, like, it shouldn't. <laughs> no, it's just, but no, that illustrates your point of certain cancers get more attention than others. Well, it's just that, you know, progress is not... Um, Uniform. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Old economics was to blame. The 2020s had been no better than the previous decade with continued inflation at the cost of medical services and insurance in part due to the demographic shift. Arthur personally believed it was the inability of the U.S. government, or perhaps the will, to respond to or deal with it in any significant way. Laws were passed as voters demanded change, but more often than not it just made the healthcare system less effective and more confusing for everyone. Other developed nations had actively worked to share medical technology and share research costs under the Global Health Quality Alliance Pact, led by the most technologically advanced and wealthy countries at the time, China and India. This sounds like politics. Um, it's definitely, <laughs> it's it's the Star Trek version of politics where it's, 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 it's light and very thematic. Their mandate also helped to optimize their medical systems and reduce costs despite the burden of additional elderly patients. They established it as a basic human need and right. The United States refused to join this alliance despite the popular vote in support of it, saying it was too restrictive and costly. Despite all evidence to the contrary, propaganda won the day, and people eventually went silent on the issue, or perhaps just gave up. The nation continued to privatize and consolidate medical institutions and related in industries under corporations, with ever-growing monopoly power over prices and absolute influence over regulators. Were there no free markets left untouched by corruption by the end of the 20s? Why would a country continue to alienate itself from the rest of the world knowing that to do so would cause its inevitable decline and destroy the quality of life of its citizenry? Now, we could unpack that. But we're kind of like, we're moving past it. This is all, the point of this story is to move past the, the, it is, the, um, the political and that, stuff. Th this will become more of a history and a kind of socio-political discussion. If anything, so not that this isn't fascinating, not that it, this isn't important to discuss, but I do vote yes, let's move past it because... Arthur had tensed up what? Why? Why? Because... Jesus Christ. Let me finish my... Let's move past it just because we are going to focus on the science fiction of it as opposed to the other aspects. And that discussion will be had many times in the future by everybody. So we'll leave it at that. Arthur had tensed up clenched fists. Fists clenched. Thinking about all this again made his blood boil, as it had many times in the hospital when he had had ample time to investigate the issues. 
Rachel apparently had noticed, if not by his reaction, then by her monitoring, for she touched Arthur, Arthur gently on the arm and said, You'll never have to go through anything like that again. See, he even says it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's okay. There are no more costs of care and no science that we have that we would not use if it would help. Nanomachines are even at this moment protecting you from all disease and cellular damage. Cool. Arthur relaxed and considered this, then began to laugh. Where would I even be without technology, still frozen or dead? It seems to me that the human body is now obsolete and overrated. I'm still attached to mind, mind you, but I really am starting to feel like a relic even with a perfectly functioning body. You need not feel that way. There is quite a lot you can do with augmentations to the body, to the human body to increase your capabilities. And of course you have me for anything that requires more computing power or something less else beyond that. See, computing power is an issue because it's a thing that she, he might require. The sky's the limit, and I don't even mean Earth sky, but rather the sky full of stars since we have trivialized basic space flight. <laughs> Anything you can imagine that is physically possible, and if not well, then we always have VR. Rachel stood tall and triumphant. Somehow she knew just how to motivate me. And there's that perspective shift. What? We are back to first person. Oh, did it happen again? Yeah, at the very end, though. Arthur attempted up. Arthur relaxed, and then had to motivate me. You know that would be very, very easily fixed if he said she. Uh, she just knew how to mo- uh, motivate me. He thought to himself. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know why there's that perspective shift. I think maybe the author did send me a bunch of comments on our comments. I think I need to look at it again. So um, she's just saying basically he could go back into the human world and have a bunch of augmentations to his body. And go to space. <laughs> but no one wants to be that lonely, sad or, cyborg in the park. <laughs> or you could be in VR forever. <laughs> I mean, it's hard not to agree with that. When your body's that old and that far gone and requiring that much effort, not that it's much of a drain, but there's so much effort just to keep it around, why bother? All right, chapter six, training. I think we're getting more plot here. He needs to learn how to bend virtual reality to his will. Uh, he needs to make his lightsaber before he can use his lightsaber. He's constructed a rudimentary simulation land. Take your VR Jedi weapon. (laughs) (laughs) Before Arthur stretched a blank canvas, a mostly empty landscape of grassland with a few hills, rivers, and trees. So he could make anything, huh? Anything you want. Oh yes, Arthur. Go ahead and make that. You know you want to. You know you want to. Go ahead and make that over there. That. Oh, that's cute. Pastoral <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> what, what do you think uh, is going to pop up? I think he's going to make some quaint like cottage in a farm thing. I'm just imagining like a field full of uh, McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> Big Macs, as far as the eye can see. <laughs> See, if you could have anything. Amber waves of french fries. (laughs) Coca-Cola Mountain's majesty. (laughs) Okay, Rachel, let's give it a try. Arthur concentrated on building a tower. Damn it. Like the one you might see in a castle. He visualized the shape of it and the stone texture and material. It started to form in front of him, but it wasn't quite the right shape. He squinted, focused more, thinking taller, 
whiter. Girthier. Gosh, it's never, it's never big enough. <laughs> it was changing more slowly now, more under his control, and seemed more concrete. For the windows, he managed an appropriately shaped cookie cutter, taking out a chunk of the tower near the top, and then added a stylized cap to the peak of the tower. Success, he cried. So wait, this is the kind of thing, like, that would piss me off. Because imagine you are in your simulation land and you're like having a good time going, see, I made crops or whatever. And then you go to somebody else's and it's like crazy better. How's that different from anything today? Yeah, it's just it's just something that won't change is my point. No. It's going to be annoying. If anything, that reassures me because it means not everyone's the same. Everyone has different peculiarities even in this digital VR world. Yeah, but everybody else is still better than you at everything. Speak for yourself. Not bad. Not bad at all. Rachel circled a building with a hand on her chin, critiquing its construction quality. You have excellent spatial sense and visual memory, which makes it very easy for the constructor to interpret what you want. She seemed excited by this. You're a natural. Try something bigger. Arthur tried to randomly select something huge. Of course, the human mind isn't random, but he wanted something that he wouldn't have thought about normally. Mayan temple, he thought to himself. Why has it got to be a temple at all? Why doesn't he just make anything? Mayans only made temples. They were purely religious freaks, and all they did was sacrifice people and take out their hearts. It was certainly a large construction, and he knew the general shape of it. A stepped pyramid with four staircases and a temple at the top. He first concentrated on its shape. The pyramid base materialized from the ground and took the desired shape, then another layer, and another. When he had the desired fru- frus- frustum, frustum? What, what does that mean? I, that may very well be a architectural term, but I have not encountered it. Me neither. When he had the desired frustum shape, he thought about its color and texture. A mossy green started to cover the surface with the stone forming carved ruins of various kinds. He built the stairway and then thought about it being copied to the appropriate places. And the and the rest appeared. He spent a spare fair he spent a spare bit of time. <laughs> He spent a fair bit of time stylizing the central temple at the top, building it in a min- in miniature in front of himself and then relocating it to while expanding its size. Rachel applauded. This is not amateur work, Arthur. How are you able to do it so fluently? VR existed... Because he's the special. He's the special. Oh, I hope not. I hope he's not the special. He's the one. VR existed, but this kind of technology wasn't around in your time. I worked in programming, but before... <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Clearly you've simulated Mayan temples before. I worked in programming, but before that I also did graphics and game programming for fun. Transforming the geometry in my mind was essential to understanding 3D programming. The rest is a matter of remembering what the thing looked like in the history magazine, or wherever I saw it, and then adjusting from there to something that matches my aesthetic. The originality index is fairly high on your construction. It is not quite like anything in, in any it is not quite like any in storage, including the original building scans. I think this is mainly from your unique temple design. Wow, I, you're successful. 
<laughs> I'd like to upload this to the network and see what kind of feedback we get from it. As I said before, there are no costs for anything, so it's going to be open source. However, you will get credit as the original designer. What do you think? Oh, everything's CC by SA and no one abuses the copyright. Yeah. Put a watermark on that simulation. <laughs> it's just like the giant face. <laughs> <laughs> Built into every brick, his face smiling. Sure, it would be nice to share it. Maybe I will make some friends. Absolutely. Remember how I told you the time perception is different among the digital population? After I uploaded it just now, people immediately started sharing it with each other and it became popular. Partially because it was labeled as oh being gosh. made by oh an organic gosh. without world, full augmentations. A world where likes actually do something. <laughs> I actually mean it. And it's instantaneous. Or almost instantaneous. That isn't meant to be offensive, it's just accurate. Anyway, it sort of went viral in a good way. I pulled it just now and you have over 1.7 billion instances where the model has been used or adapted already. The feedback is overwhelmingly positive and they want to see more of your work. Wow, Arthur was shocked. I never would have thought, he trailed off, unable to form a coherent thought from it due to the magnitude of what had just happened. Well, don't just stand there, man. Give the people what they want. Okay. So he did, working and building for a number of hours that he eventually lost count of. By the time he fell asleep in, in one of them, a lazy log cottage with a fireplace. Why would he need to fall asleep? I don't know. He had made and uploaded over 150 constructions. As he drifted up to sleep, he thought, all in a day's work. <laughs> he thought of a cliche. <laughs> Rachel, not needed for a while, started to fade out. Good night, Arthur. Maybe because he's still tied to his physical body, he has to sleep? His mind still has to rest? Maybe. What or is... go in some like dormant state for a little bit? Yeah, I, I can believe that his mind still has to rest. But um, like the concept of sleep, that's something a human body needs. Not... And we still don't know why we need to sleep. Other yeah, than... we do. Well, other than like, we need rest, but... We need rest. It's a period. Um, I I remember reading something. I remember I reading some theories. It. It's like there's nothing. There's no hard. So it's, hard set it has theory. To do, right I think now. it also has to do with um, the brain basically cleaning house. Yeah. Um. Um. While you're asleep, so um, some sort of cleaning process happens at the same time. Kind of like a like defragmenting your uh, hard drive, kind of. No, probably no. more like chemicals that need to be flushed out. Oh. But, um, hmm. yeah. Something like that. We know we need it. We don't know exactly why, yeah. but we, I would assume if you have a physical well, body, your mind in, still needs to. As in, we ray gun readers don't know exactly why, but I'm sure we know why. If, if someone would like to link us an article that explains, like, kind of what the latest theories are on why we need sleep, I would love to, I'd love to read that. Because you need to shut your brain down. For some reason. Yes. For mm -hmm. for for sleeping reasons. For also because night and day. Because like at nighttime it's not good to panic throughout the night, evolutionarily speaking. True. And like yawning is a thing we used to do, but we don't know why. Like it doesn't make any sense. See you're doing it right now. It's because it fights off ghosts. Oh, in the ethereal realm. Right. You, you can't see it because um, 
it only happens in the ghost realm. You're right. But you're actually um, changing the pressure of the entire room when you yawn. So everyone's, if you have a group of people changing the pressure all at once, what happens? You don't see, you, you, the ghosts lose um, their perception of you entirely. That is as bad a premise as the new Ghostbusters movie. Oh, no, let's not. Topical. Let's not, not, let's not talk about, no. <laughs> I'm, this uh, is not an entertainment this is an entertainment piece, not a... Again, speak for yourself. Hollywood, whatever. <laughs> Sorry. Well, that is chapters like four that. through six. Um, still loving it. Still going to read more of it on probably that episode after next. Next episode, we're going to get to some more, some different authors, maybe, or maybe revisit some old ones. I am, um, I've sent my query off to an attorney, a copyright attorney. About being able to read some of those old sci-fi oh, really? novels, yeah. I uh, don't know when they're gonna get back to me, but hopefully it's soon, and I'll hopefully we can kind of determine that the copyright has lapsed, and we can read those on here, or at the very least, I can get in touch with the publishers and see what they say. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, maybe maybe good stuff on the horizon, or new stuff on the horizon. We always try to have good stuff on the show. So thank you guys. As always, and we will see you in the next episode. Hey, Abysme, I think I need a break. Do you want to go on a cruise? Only if it's Bleb's whale space cruise. The greatest space cruise in the non-pirate sectors. And if you are in a pirate sector, make sure to sign the liability waiver. We don't ever get attacked most of the time. Bring your own lemons (laughs) to fight space scurvy. (laughs) (laughs) Remember to pack plenty of lemons. Lemon's not provided on cruise. <laughs> We're serious about this. <laughs> Drinking water uh, available on most cruises now. <laughs> most boats have water. <laughs> oh, it really is the worst rated one. <laughs>